0: Lesson, please. If your life were to end today, where would you spend eternity?
1: Welcome to the Cross Currents Radio Show, your spiritual speaker's corner, broadcast and podcast. Over 2,000 years later, and Christ's question is still on the world's front page. Who do you say that I am? The destiny of every person who's ever lived ultimately rises or falls based on confessing with their mouths and believing in their hearts the right answer to this question. In this series, we're taking you in the studio and on the street with our outreach radio team to experience firsthand some of the crazy answers people give to this question. But, in the end, what's truly important is not what others say about God, but what God says about Himself. That's why we also encourage you to stay tuned until the end of the show when TCC radio host and local missions pastor Corey McKenna opens God's Word to teach through vital truths we all need to know about what God says about Himself. But now, let's get this show on the road. In the studio. And- with the Cross Current Radio Show.
2: All right, good evening, folks. My name is Chris, and we're out here on the streets with the Cross Current Radio. And so we're a Spiritual Speakers Corner broadcast and podcast, and we're joining the rest of the world about this special issue of Life Magazine, okay? And this is what it says in the front. Jesus, who do you say that I am? So who do you say that Jesus is?
3: Uh, the figurehead of the Christian
2: religion. A historical figure? So, any guesses as to what others have said about Jesus? Sure, a lot of people like him.
3: Yeah, most people agree that he's the bees knees. The bees knees. Can you elaborate on that a bit?
2: Really great guy. Believed in quality. You agree with? It? Yeah, I think he had some pretty good virtues. Okay, can you can you name like you name some of the virtues? Is there any more that you can think of? I heard he was pretty selfless. He's pretty selfless. Would you say that's a good thing?
3: Oh, for sure. I think Jesus didn't he preach uh, against usury? Basically, had a big thing against bankers, and uh, I think that's pretty cool.
2: Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> this other guy saying we all do. Okay. All right. So so ultimately, just got another question for you. What's more important? What others say about you, or what you say about yourself?
4: Uh I think it's a balance. But I think to pick one, you always gotta go with what you think
2: about yourself. Okay, I agree, agree with it. that. Yeah. So you think that. Like, even somebody might technically make up some story about you, and I don't, I don't know if you've had this happen to you before, but you hear about it, and it's not true. How do you feel about that? I don't really care very much, uh, personally. I don't know how Jesus would feel about it. So, if someone someone was going around and gossiping about you, it's not a great thing, right? Yeah, I agree. It's not good. Okay, so what's well, so m- more...
3: It depends if you have a gospel that you want preached, right?
2: Okay, so what do you mean by that?
3: Well, Jesus is probably pretty happy that people
2: still talk about about him today. Yeah, I agree. I agree on that. But what I'm trying to get at is, what's most important is what you probably say about yourself. All right, you, I think I think you nailed that there. So, so there's some scripture verses about what Jesus actually said about himself. And and one of them says here, in Matthew 28:18, it says, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." Also, Mark 14. 61 to 62 says I am the Christ and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Also John 6.40 says for this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. And then John 14 verse 6 says this is what Jesus said, this is what he said about himself, okay? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the, to the Father except through me. So on that last one there, what do you think Jesus meant by that? Well, to go back to the
3: last question, I think what's more important than what other people say about you, what's more important than what you say about yourself, is the truth. Okay. And I, I, I think that Jesus' teachings were really great, but all that Son of God stuff I think is bunk.
2: You think it's bunk. Okay. Fair enough. What about you? Yeah, that last quote, I don't
4: don't think it has any meaning to me.
2: Okay, interesting. So, why do you think it's not true? Because you obviously alluded to the fact that truth exists because you said it's not true. So, I'm assuming by that you mean that something is obviously true. What would be your standard for truth then?
3: Well, if someone claims to be born of a virgin, that's obviously not true, for example. I mean, there's a lot that we can say about... The, the story of Jesus that we could say for sure isn't true. Okay.
2: So, I don't know. Okay, so that, that you determine something to be true because... Or not true because you think a lot of things are unrealistic about what, what happened at the birth here's of Christ. What I, here's what I think determines truth. The
3: scientific method. That's, that's it. The scientific method.
2: Well, the, okay, the scientific... Can you just elaborate on that a little bit more? Like, What, what do you mean by the scientific method?
3: Okay. Well, the scientific method is a way of studying the world in which you make observations and then draw conclusions based on those observations, not on what somebody said.
2: Okay. Do you agree with him on that?
4: Uh, I like. I don't agree that that's the only way. The only way of determining truth. Uh, I don't know. Back to the the quote that you you had from the Bible there. I don't know if I feel if I could say that that's true or not. To me, it doesn't. Isn't ring as a true or untrue statement? I just don't identify it with it. I don't. It doesn't have any meaning for me. I'm not going to tell someone it's not true.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. It just it just says I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay. And I'm just asking what what you think Jesus meant by that. And you guys, obviously, don't agree that that's true. But the, the statement you made is is truth is observed by what we see. Is that kind of what you were what you were getting at? Well, it's a lot more than that, but essentially, sure. Yeah,
3: testable things that you can observe, see, smell, hear, measure,
2: and test, you know? So, so I'm, I'm just gonna ask, how do we know that our observations are valid on that? How do we know that what we observe is true? Like, what, what are we using to determine whether or not our observation is true?
3: Well, that's a pretty old philosophical question, and there's no answer to it. Everything that you see could be fake. Everything that you see could be in somebody else's imagination. You could just be part of a book or something. I don't know. God only knows. Sorry. I shouldn't have said God only knows because that may be a bit confusing. <laughs> it is confusing, man, but go on. Um, but, okay, to determine the truth, certainly you're not just going to take someone at their word, especially if they're saying something as important as I'm the son of God. a point,
4: though, there. When you accidentally said "God," God only knows, like, I agree that it's it's almost impossible to really determine like, the bottom line of what's true and what's not true. You make a really good point. It's up for everyone to decide what their bottom line is, what their baseline is. For example, if you say that everything that you, you know, perhaps observe could
3: be fake, well, this, the argument goes both ways. Everything that you read in the Bible is uh, taken, come in, comes into your brain through your senses. So, if you make the argument that how can we trust our senses and what we observe to be true... Well, you've just deflated your own argument, if your argument is to say that Jesus is, in fact, the Son of God.
0: Hi, this is Corey McKenna, your host here on TCC Radio. And I don't typically interrupt a street conversation with studio commentary. But because there's a lot going on in this interview, I felt it best to take five and give you a bit of a biblical play-by-play of what's happening here. In the big picture, Jesus has called every one of his followers to be his witness. And here at the cross current, we teach the simple math of being a biblical witness for Christ as this biblical evangelism, that's advancing the gospel, plus biblical apologetics, that's defending the gospel, equals biblical witness. Our goal as a local missions ministry and outreach broadcast is to equip you, by example, Christian, to advance and defend your hope in Christ and the gospel. And we'll be walking and talking details of defending our faith in another series. But for those of you listening to Chris's conversation here and now, let me give you a bit of basic training in defending your hope in Christ and his gospel. After we honor Christ the Lord as holy in our hearts by fully submitting to his lordship, here are two simple scriptural points for answering a skeptic or naysayer, and these are the very points Chris is trying to communicate in this gospel conversation. Here's point number one. Everyone knows that God exists and are without excuse for denying him. Romans 1, 18-21, Psalm 14, 1, and many other verses confirm that all people, in all times, in all places, know that God exists. And He even calls people fools for denying Him. Now, the word fool here does not mean stupid. Not at all. God calls those who deny His existence fools because they're actually immoral and hostile to His will. The Bible says that because of God's creation, everyone knows that God exists. And because of their God-given conscience, everyone also knows that they've sinned against God and are accountable to God. And so ultimately, God does not condemn anyone for what they don't know, but for sin against the God they do know. And when we defend our faith biblically, what we're really doing is lovingly and respectfully reasoning from Scripture to remove the mask of foolishness and suppression of truth for those who are without excuse. Why? To call them to repent and turn to the God they do know. And that's what Chris is up to in this interview. So that's point number one. Everyone knows that God exists and are without excuse for denying Him. And here's point two. All arguments against God borrow, or more accurately, steal from the truth of the one true Christian God. Let me string together three key scripture verses to teach through this point. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. John 17, verse 7, Jesus said, Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. And Romans 11:36, speaking of Jesus... For from him and through him and to him are all things. So let's put these verses together to better understand this point that all arguments against God borrow from the truth of the one true Christian God. Who is the truth? Jesus Christ. So all truth starts with who? Jesus Christ. And do all arguments assume that truth exists? Yes. Or they wouldn't be arguments about what's true. Okay, so here's the logic of this theological point. And please note that this truth becomes very important when you're answering any skeptic about the reason for the hope that is in you. Premise, Jesus Christ, God's Word incarnate, is the beginning of all truth. Premise, all arguments presuppose truth. Conclusion, all arguments presuppose Jesus Christ. To explain further, let me ask you, if your skeptical friend were to say, I don't believe that words exist, how would you answer? You'd simply say, but you're using words to argue against the existence of words. Well, in the same way, when the skeptic says, I don't believe it's true that God exists, They're using truth, which only comes from God, to argue against God. And we just need to gently and respectfully tell them that, which, again, is exactly what Chris is trying to do in this gospel conversation. Now, it needs to be said that just like Paul the Apostle experienced with the skeptics in Acts chapter 17, when you stand firm on the rock of Christ by reasoning from Scripture, all the while exposing the sandy foundation the skeptic is standing on, the skeptic will generally react in one of three ways. Some will believe, some will want more information, and sadly, some will mock and walk away, like Chris experienced in the second half of his conversation, which is coming up next. And here again is Chris. Here's the thing, I want you to see the foundation
2: that you and I are standing on is the foundation. We know that things are true. We know if someone tells us a lie, it's wrong. We, we have morals. We, we know those things, right? Let's say I told you guys, I don't believe in words, what would you tell me?
4: You Just contradicted yourself.
2: Okay. I don't know, i say that sounds really weird. I don't. Okay, Now imagine how it would sound For you to tell me that God doesn't exist Even though the proof of God Is that without Him you couldn't even Make sense of your question But the Bible even says that everyone knows there's a God It would be like me telling you I don't believe in words You tell me I'm, I'm crazy because I just contradicted myself I'm using words to Say that I don't believe in words But the fact is we're all using God To argue against Him When we say that I don 't believe in God now let's say I told you I don't believe in gravity I just want you to think through this. does that make the effects of gravity non-existent on me no but I, I'm pretty sure you're committing a logical fallacy
3: somewhere here I, I'm or, no. I'd love for you to point it out to me ah, I can't exactly I'm not a you know a debate specialist or anything like that i just i don't I just don't think that uh, that okay. all knowledge comes from the fact that God gives us knowledge or something
2: okay is could there be a possibility That's what the Bible says, that Romans 3 says we've all sinned against the Holy God. And the wages for our sin is death. And then 623 says the wages of our sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. See, we've all, since the time that we're born, set up kingdom, set up shop on our own little throne. And we want to determine what's right and what's wrong. But here's the thing, it doesn't matter what we believe to be true. The thing is, we've sinned against the Holy God, every one of us. Whether we've told a lie, whether we've lusted, whether we've stolen or hated or used God's name in vain. See, every time we do that, we've sinned against the Holy God. Here's why. Because we were created in God's image, you and I, we were created in God's image to bring honor and glory to Him. Right? It doesn't matter what we believe to be true. At the end of the day, what's true is always going to be true. So do you guys think that if you're to die tonight, where do you think you would spend eternity? What do you think about the afterlife in terms of the afterlife?
4: I don't think there is an afterlife.
2: Okay. What about you? Mm,
4: I don't know. I don't even really think it matters. Okay. It's, it is going to be
2: what's going to be. Here's the thing. A guy like Christopher Columbus, he, in 1492, sailed the ocean. He came across over to North America here. Has he come back to talk to us about that at all?
3: No, not to my knowledge.
2: So what I'm trying to point out is... Truth number one is we're not here for very long, right? Maybe 80 years, maybe 90, right? But the other truth is, like, for example, a guy like Christopher Columbus, we're dead for far longer than what we are alive. So do you think, in terms of thinking about the afterlife, that there's some value in thinking about what happens maybe after we die? No. No? Uh, I think some old Greek
3: guy once said that everyone suffers two deaths. This is in the Iliad, I think. So your actual physical death and then the second most important death is when everyone forgets you, which is why I don't think we should spend all of our time on planet earth the short time that we do have living, you know, to live worrying about you know metaphysical problems which basically have no basis in logic. And I think we should just live well. Right? And, you know, think about things
2: and just enjoy ourselves. Anyways, I'm going to get to that. Okay, so here's what I want to leave you guys with, right? I want, I want to share with you the gospel, the reason why Jesus came. Jesus was fully God, but yet he was fully man. So when he came down 2,000 years ago, he lived the perfect life that none of us could live, all right? So he never lied. He never lusted, never stole, never hated. He, he, man, he, wouldn't he have to do those things? No, but he's, yet he's fully God. But he, he upheld the law 100%, right? He was perfect in every way. He was fully God. And so at the age of 33, he went to the cross, all right? We celebrate Easter. And what happened on the cross was not just the fact that Jesus suffered at the hands of Roman soldiers. What happened on the cross was God the Father poured out his wrath on his son Jesus. So we've sinned against the holy God. Just like a good judge in a courtroom, if, a, if a, someone's committed murder... What's a good judge going to do? He's going to bring justice against that. Well, Jesus says if you hate somebody, you've committed murder in the heart. He says if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in the heart. I mean, we're all busted. I'm busted. You're busted. We're all busted, right? The biggest, like the biggest. I know, but the, it doesn't matter if you like it or not. Well, if you tell, I know, but have to stand here and no, you, to it, you don't have to. It's so, all right, well, guys, can I give you something before we go here?
0: All right, thank you. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of The Cross Current. We all know that Canada needs Christ, yet how are the lost to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? That's why we're asking like-minded Christ followers in Canada, will you help here at home with The Cross Current? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to raise the minimum support necessary to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to launch a new online training platform and release a new radio program to reach more youth and young adults for Christ, we need your support. As you pray for us, would you consider sowing into our ministry and then go to helphere.ca That's H-E-L-P-H-E-A-R.ca and give. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel.
1: Personal. Uh. Let's get personal
0: uh. and make sharing your faith a part of every day. Welcome to Let's Get Personal, a 60 second sample of personal witness training with the cross current. Who do you say that Jesus is? This simple question Jesus asked his friends is the same question we can ask our friends to get a conversation started about him. After your friend shares their opinion, why not open Scripture and share what God says about Himself? Because sharing God's Word is the goal of all personal witness, and that's just a glimpse of how TCC can help you and your church normalize sharing Christ in all your personal relationships. For more Uh, personal witness center training, visit thecrosscurrent.com.
4: Hi this is Robbie Zacharias and you're listening to the Cross Current Radio Show.
0: Hello again, this is Corey McKenna, founder of the Cross Current and host of TCC Radio. And welcome to part two of this fascinating series. Last time together, we laid a bit of groundwork by looking at the scene and context of this question of all questions that Jesus asked. Who do you say that I am? And after considering briefly the responses of various skeptics, we concluded that evidently the main concern of Jesus is not who skeptics say that he is, but who his sheep know that he is. Because in the end, what's important is not what others say about God, but what God says about himself. And that's why, at the end of each episode, I'll be opening God's Word to teach through vital truths we all need to know about what God says about Himself as recorded in the 8th chapter of Mark's Gospel. And the first truth God says about Himself is this, I am Savior. To the question, but who do you say that I am? Peter answers, you are the Christ. Though it's been said rightly that Peter had a foot-shaped mouth, by God's grace, he got this one right. Jesus, you are the Christ. And the Greek word translated in English as Christ here is equivalent to the Hebrew term Messiah, which means anointed one. This points to the deity of Jesus and defines his work as Savior, Priest, and Conquering King. You see, since the very beginning after the fall of man, way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God promises to send a Messiah, a Savior to redeem his people. And with each passing generation, the Jews waited and waited and waited. And by this point, the 12 had been following Jesus for over two years. And all along, they'd hoped he was the Christ, but now they know and confess that he is the Christ. So how did they get the right answer when the rest of the people got it wrong? Were they somehow smarter than the masses? Well, in his account of the same story, Matthew adds, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In other words, seeing Jesus in truth is not something that our flesh and blood brains are smart enough to just sort of figure out. No. Now, while we're thankful that the Christian faith is true and therefore rational, God himself says that saving knowledge of him only happens by his sovereign grace. And right after this confession of Christ, we read, And he, Jesus, strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And why does he do that? Because, evangelist side note here, At first glance, this seems like the greatest anti-evangelism command ever given by God. Like, don't tell anyone about me, Jesus says. I mean, if we applied his words literally here, then this outreach radio show of ours shouldn't even be on the air. But we'll soon see that he said this because there's more to the message that they need to know before they start spreading the word. Much more. And so he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Ah, what's Jesus talking about here? The gospel. For the very first time in Mark's gospel, Jesus is setting their sights to the cross and giving a forecast of what would have to happen for him to finish his work as Savior. The Son of Man must suffer many things, betrayal, arrest, abandonment, imprisonment, scourging, and then be rejected by the Jewish leaders only to be killed by crucifixion. The gospel of Jesus is what they need to know and follow to more fully know and follow Jesus. You see, hear God saying, I am the promised Savior who will suffer and give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah, yes, yeah, skeptics say this and skeptics say that. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Will you confess Jesus as your Savior? Because you need one. We all do. And that's why TCC Radio is on the air. To plead with anyone listening. To repent of your sin and believe the gospel today. Well, thanks again for listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. You can access this podcast online at tccradio.com where you'll also find supplementary resources for this series including a video trailer and a sermon I preached on this very subject. Until next time, I'm Corey McKenna in the studio and on the street keeping the Cross Current in our culture. Canada Needs Christ. Will you prayerfully give to our great mission of airing and sharing? Airing this outreach radio show further across Canada and equipping more churches in Canada to share Christ? If so, go to thecrosscurrent.com slash give and choose the giving option that's best for you. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, President of The Cross Current. Will you help hear H-E-A-R at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To learn how to pray, give, and go with us, visit helphear.ca. That's H-E-L-P-H-E-A-R dot We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel.